Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome everybody to a new episode of Jedi Order Podcast. As you can tell, we're here quicker than the usual two weeks between episodes, but that's because The Mandalorian Season 2 is here, and that's what we're going to be chatting about. We're going to do an episode every single time a new chapter comes out, and then after that we'll get back to our usual bi-weekly episodes. But for now, sit back, relax, grab a glass of blue milk, and enjoy as we dive into Chapter 9, the Marshall Mandalorian Season 2. Come on, here we are. Season 2. We've been waiting a long time for it, haven't we? And, you know, makes perfect sense. I think we were kind of probably luckier to a certain extent i guess time frame because in america they got it a lot sooner than us we had to wait till march to get it so for us as much it hasn't been such a long wait i mean first season must have finished what um april probably beginning of may or so so not a long wait for us but so great to have it back so great to have it back um that is Sorry, man. Let's just go with initial thoughts. What's your initial vibes and thoughts? Yeah, so, um, you know, the last few days I've been re-watching uh, season one in preparation for season two. And, uh, you know, it's kind of reminding me how much I enjoyed it re- the first time round. And in terms of new Star Wars content, I mean, this, you know, it really gives a lot to a Star Wars fan. Um, I mean, looking over season one, I just, you know, there's so many pluses about it that, you know, you can revel in from the characters to the the sets and the scenarios, the settings, um, the way it's made. You know, the mix of CGI with kind of real uh, props and characters. It's, I mean, it's, uh, season one is an epic for starting season, just you know, from the beginning to the end. Um, so, yeah, just kind of going like diving back into it. It, it really is just. A, a great watch and so with season two now just i mean be kind of dropped within a year it's um i mean really kept the kind of spirit of the show uh like going i, I found over this year um and i mean you know season two i mean the first episode really is just it's quite a banger to start really um there's action from the get-go you know um i mean you know we we start off with the uh with the Mandalorian from um, carrying on his mission to find out uh, essentially where baby Yoda comes from. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's a great start. It, it kind of just starts right away, kind of like throws you back into the action, which is one of the things that, you know, from having looked at season one and how, how well they capture the action uh, throughout various episodes. I mean, season two just really picks up that energy um, from the beginning. So it, it's, I, I've, I've just, I mean, from the get go, I really enjoyed it. 
what what did you think in terms of like what were your first impressions from the the, the first episode? Man, you kind of got I kind of got that like excitement that you do that kind of um, kid like excitement when you go into a Star Wars film and you're going to see the scroll go over your you know over <laughs> your head for the first time and you just ah and that's exactly how I feel now going into the Mandalorian and one thing about it I love about it is just the fact that it just it's that same worn down Star Wars feeling you know what I mean in terms of the aesthetics of the the way everything looks lived in the kind of um, which is so synonymous with the first Star Wars films the original trilogy and I just love how they're just bringing so many different elements from the galaxy and bits that they're just every now and again they're just dropping in bits that are familiar to us so you know we go we enter this first scene into this like big almost like you know boxing match to a book boxing war match should i say with the uh i think it's pronounced gamorians the pig uh kind of like uh people that we know so well from uh jabba's palace absolutely return the jedi uh vibes there definitely oh 100 it's just i just love um as soon you kind of have that feeling of home as soon as you see the mando uh you see baby yoda the child and you're just like right i'm in i'm immediately and i'm cozy i'm loving this you know i'm so i'm so relaxed there's no in 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 my for me personally there's no like oh am i gonna like this oh is this gonna be good um there's no worries about anything i think that's what season one did so well it made people so relaxed so when season two came along there's no i felt there's nothing to worry about i'm happy to sit here whether they plan obviously there's a story arc which we know which will go across the whole season and there'll be probably different uh select different amounts but i love the whole which we got very much from the first episode which went hand in hand to a certain extent of the way the first season was this like episode by episode story adventure and it was so so many traits like sometimes you can hear in the score and the score's just brilliant but you can hear it like westerny spaghetti westerny style score absolutely i mean that for me is one of the things about this kind of first episode which i i really i mean it, it really just carried on with all the great themes from that season one kind of setting that exactly as you said it, it's like a sci-fi western that i mean you know when he's entering the the small mining town, I mean, it just feels like um, <laughs> a typical sort of magnificent seven western. You know, that it's like the town in the middle of nowhere that needs help and saving. And the fact that they kind of use that as the as the, the main plot element, and you know, mixed it in with a you know a new great character and, and famous actor as well, uh, Timothy Olyphant, um, who is you know he's always great in most of the things that he's in. So it's quite interesting to see his face. Uh, uh, you know, in this episode, and you know, I mean, that's one of the things I also love about uh, the Mandalorian is that there are so many famous faces scattered throughout it, but none of them feel really forced, and that they all, I mean, clearly there's just, you know, loads of stars who are lining up to be in it because it's just the next kind of big Star Wars uh, vehicle to jump on, and and it, I mean, and it's great that they are because, it, I mean, rewatching season one and seeing you know people you know ranging from Werner Herzog to Carl Weathers and bill burr in another episode and 
I mean, it's just, it's quite funny, you know, that you have these kind of famous faces coming in, but they, they add so much because they're all clearly like massive fans, you know, and just being able to say those kind of lines and, and be a part of that culture is something which you can see the joy in their faces. So seeing someone like Timothy Olyphant, who is so animated and always a, a great kind of character actor in series as well, that, um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, just really welcome. Um, and again, you know, it added to the kind of, the epicness of the first episode, really. Um, and, and of course, you know, the episode as well, uh, I thought was just so interesting to explore the Star Wars universe that we have been exposed to for so long, but in a completely different way. I mean, you know, having the Tusken Raiders there um, and then, you know, him talking with them and then getting to know them on a sort of cultural level. I thought it was just such an interesting different approach to take to Star Wars, the Star Wars universe as we know it, because we've always just thought of them as savages and, you know, living out in the desert and we know nothing about them. And here we are kind of, you know, sitting around the fire with them and, and talking about, uh, and then, you know, of course, having the, the village team up with them. I mean, I, I just, I, I really love that sort of concept of the episode to explore that further Star Wars universe, but to this very sort of unique, um, this unique way. And, and it's quite funny as well, because recently I just watched Tremors as well, you know, the epic kind of 90s film with Kevin yeah, Bacon. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. And so seeing more giant underground creatures, for me, just before Halloween is, like, ideal. So I, I love that. I mean, what did you think about the the creatures and, and the whole Tuscan setting as well? Man, the, the, well, the Tuscan setting, I just like, this is this is me jumping for joy, because this is this is one huge benefit we have and i know we're, we're gonna we're gonna be so lucky because we're having obi-wan series we're gonna have a cassian series and i'm sure we can have multi-other mandalorian series and so forth but this is like the best time isn't it to be a star wars fan because going into a realm where you've got a whole season and like this was a long episode this is like clocking out just under an hour i understand like part of that's the recap but still as you know, the Mando episodes went anywhere from 30-something minutes to 40-something minutes or so in the first season. But this is what it allows us. It gives us time so we can go in to have a full Tusken Raider episode, a full Sand People episode, which we never get to like experience. The only kind of time we briefly, to a certain extent in my memory, experience how the Sand People are in their ways is when um, Anakin goes back and kind of takes them all out. And you oh, kind yeah. of see how they camp out and, you know, the way they live in. Obviously, Sam people get referenced more in, like, the animated series, but I'm talking live action. And it's just uh, so fascinating because we get to get... Yeah, it's great. We get, like, full 10 minutes or so to immerse ourselves in kind of the Tuscan culture, Tuscan Raider culture, the Sam people culture, how he communicates with them, like you were saying how our like mando character it just it's just one of the things that um he adds to his like plethora of talents isn't it he's he's so immersed he's traveled all over different planets and he's just like knowledge in other cultures is obviously one of the highlights of his skills that gets him so far and where he needs to get to and understanding other cultures which is obviously a massive thing about star wars but oh the, Tus the Tuscan radar scene, uh, Tuscan Raiders, and like t a team up with Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Yes, in the first episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is kind of just breaking those boundaries, which 
you're so accustomed to with Star Wars that, as you say, yeah, absolutely. Like the the most exposed we are to Tusken Raiders is when Anakin kills them all. Um, I mean, that's how we, you know, we see where we see them living and how they live, and the fact that they, you know, have women and children, which you know, um, kind of just amongst them, and that they are just, you know, sort of, you know, wild people. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean. It, what I found with this episode is that, episode, as you said, like it adds so much to, on one hand, to the Mandalorian as a character. That, but I mean, when he starts speaking in the, the Tuscan Raider language, that was so intriguing, and it adds to his sort of mystique as well. Um, that yeah, he's so well traveled to the point where he can speak with these people who are savages, and it, and th- that's a, a really nice depth. I thought that added to the character, especially because you know he was faced with the wild animals at first, and then he sort of controls them by talking to them, and then the Tuscan Raiders, and uh, yeah, and then the team up as well. It's just it's just something you would never imagine, but it works so well in in the context of of the story, um, and it, it felt very natural to to bring them together and and that kind of fun, uh, I mean, completely different element, really. So, yeah, yeah, com- completely. And like a couple of things that uh, quickly I want to touch on. And one thing we're definitely we put a pin in it, and we get to it. Of us is the armor. We get to the armor, yeah. and whose armor it is, and we get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's talking I've, about one second. I've made notes that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like it just once again it kind of goes to. Oh, we kind of already knew this in terms of the Mandalorian's nature and how he is, but it's very much kind of he obviously he wants the armor, and so at one point there's going to be like this gunfight in the bar, and they're gonna they're gonna wrestle down for it, and obviously Mando's most likely going to win, and that's going to be the end. But obviously, then we get this dragon, sand dragon, or whatever so it's called. And but that brings in like the bargain as kind of yeah if you help us take care of this I happily give you the art. I just love the fact he's just always up for it. He's like yeah of course I'll definitely help you do that. Not not uh, even thinking about oh, this thing has just gone past its size of the whole village. Like <laughs> that might, you know that might be a tough day <laughs> for most. I mean yeah no job is ever too big for him. Um, and you know especially when the you know the Mandalorian's honor is on the line. It, it, it's such a driving factor as well in terms of his his mystique and adding to that um having to fulfill that honor <laughs> that yeah he that he'll yeah he'll take down a, a you know a, te- a worm the size of a town for it back you know um yeah that that was yeah again really fun and also the fact that again the kind of mystery of having this other mandalorian character out there in the desert and then it turns out to be this guy who's you know bugging it of some Jawas. I mean, I, I really thought that was quite a funny little element because also because how, you know, the reputation of the Mandalorians and then you've just got this <laughs> sort of random appearance of Jawas with like this, this great armor. And, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's Tatooine, you know, they talk about Sarlaccs. I, I wonder whose armor it could be. I mean, I, I, I know I, I have a feeling I, I, you know, I have my own suspicions. Yeah, um, well, let's let's hold back on that for a second, because. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, for like for sure, I I do love the fact that once I think John Favreau, he just absolutely loves the ice cream container. 
from Empire Strikes Back, which we see <laughs> has all the Baskar steel in it in the first season, and now is um, full of these crystals that he obviously ends up bargaining to get the armor and stuff. He just anytime he gets an opportunity, it seems like this this is going to be a thing now with um, the beginning of every season of Mando. Like how how are we fitting in this ice cream box? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the the, the uh, a little Easter egg throughout. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah a very important lunchbox, I would say. <laughs> a very important lunchbox. Um. So obviously, I mean, amazing. I want to highlight effects again, creature effects, like you obviously touched on briefly at the beginning there, because this, I thought the whole dragon scene kind of the build up was kind of cool because it was just like you know it's like this western adventure they're all going to let and then we got to team up with people we don't like i just kind of i love the kind of atmosphere between the tuscan raiders and and the town folk of this particular town who have obviously clashed before but executed so well you're already getting so much excitement from the first episode absolutely loved the hunting of the dragon scene absolutely i mean and as you said it, it's it's nice to have these kind of giant creatures which are you know they they remind you of things like the silent pit on tatooine beforehand but it's presented in a new light which just adds this whole other layer to tatooine and then yeah having those hunting scenes just happening is such a again yeah it, it was it was just such a kind of a new wild way of showing, you know, a planet that we've already explored quite a lot in Star Wars and, and that culture of the Tuscan Raiders and how they operate and <clears throat> the methods they use to, to, to catch it and, and draw out the whole, it, it's, it's all so intriguing. Um, and just, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of monster features anyway. So to have the kind of first episode kick off with a great monster feature, which is also new, uh, for Star Wars, that it just, yeah, it was it was very satisfying for fans, and I mean, you know, in terms of just coming just before Halloween, it, it couldn't have been better timed in in, in many ways. So, I, and I mean, that whole scene is exhilarating, really. Um, you know, from the kind of moment that they're firing those pistons at it, and and it starts shooting out that 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 liquid as well, uh, and what seems to be acid and burning everyone, and then bursting out the top of the mountain. I mean, it really for for an episode of that length which is slightly longer than the ones from the first season i mean it, it it really didn't slow down at all throughout the episode which and and the action in that scene in particular really built up and kind of it felt almost like a movie that there were almost various stages to this this creature like a boss battle that you know it's it's kind of first uh first stage and then moving on to the next and and then you know of course with the mandalorian kind of just Using his own special tactics and, and a way of thinking to take it down. In the end. I mean, it's it's such a great scene and just a really, as I said, it, it felt like a movie. It, it felt kind of like a Star Wars movie, like a shortened version, and and it, it paid so much service to so many elements that we loved, but in just such a a, a fun new way. Well, this is this is the thing. The cinematic side of it just seems to be it's just stepped up that little level, hasn't it? A lot of the, a lot of the, I loved a lot of obviously the um, shots of them two on their speeders going across Tatooine, traveling. But it, it just leads into that kind of scope that this um, 
this season will probably have that I, I feel we're just touching the surface of what we have and I kind of love already you just got I know this and this can happen all the time but Dave Filoni and John Favreau I feel are really good we've spoken about this before probably but in terms of lifting things like we said about the ice cream thing but lifting things that are everyday things to a certain extent or background things from other Star Wars films and putting it into the Mandalorian like yeah. when you see just like the dogs that the um, Sam people have. Clearly, they just seem to be grown-up versions of the dogs that you see in th- that scene that we were talking about, the Anakin scene. I think there's yeah. a point where they're like fighting over some meat or something. That's those, right, yeah. uh, Particular dogs. But then also, um, the Marshal, as he's called, his, his speeder, land speeder, is half a... Um, could have been, but it's half a uh, what's it pod racer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it's like exactly half of Anakin's. Yeah, yeah, was, but exactly. That, that's yeah, one of the things that like I was I was unsure about, but then you know, it, again, it just comes back to like Tatooine, you know. Um, and I thought that was a really fun moment as well. Um, and this is what I love about the Mandalorian is that there seems to inject a lot of fun. With that, you know, as we've kind of discussed on previous podcasts with Star Wars and how sometimes it verges into almost silly territory with some of the some of the fun elements. I, I, for me, I just Mandalorian just gets it so right in terms of the comedy because a lot of it comes from having these great characters and and really great scripting. Really, I mean, a lot of the writing is strong. It's not it's not overdone in that there's not so much writing that it starts to undo itself. It, it's really well paced and. I mean, even just, you know, in this first episode, having, you know, the Mandalorian and, and um, Timothy Olyphant's character, which is, I've written it down, it's Cobb Vanth is his name. So, nice. so like, I mean, I mean, just their whole rapport, like, the whole time, I, I found it, again, it's one of those fun elements that just doesn't really let up throughout the episode. And because there's that underlying tension of trying to get the armor back and him wanting to keep the armor, it always adds this kind of, this certain energy which it rem- it kind of reminds me of that sort of you know Luke and Han energy from Empire Strikes Back uh, they're kind of almost you know bickering at points and a little bit of a brotherly rivalry um, and you know and just having that within one episode uh, put across so effectively um, yeah I, th- I thought it just worked so well and, and it really just rem- yeah as I said it, it has all those Star Wars elements that you love and but it, it doesn't feel forced in a way. It really feels like it, it's so well paced that that you can just savor it and enjoy it over over the time period. And actually, by the end of the episode, I kind of, I mean, I, it, it felt like you know you, you kind of wanted more in a way uh, because they, they set up such a, a a great setting across it. So it, yeah, I I really loved it. You know, it, it really just picked it really picked up from season one. And I mean, even from the beginning of the episode, it, you know, it starts off saying chapter nine. So even the series doesn't consider itself separate from season one, you know, it just kind of goes straight into it and, and having all those elements just so perfectly laid out again. I mean, it, it yeah, it was a roller coaster. Yeah. I'm very, I, I do like that element. I love the fact it's a continuation and it goes into chapter nine rather than, you know, starting again for a new season. So it's just like a continuous flow of the Mandalorian so, um, story. 
I very quickly touch on the fact that those elements again. So we get to these like uh, the pit droids, you know, yeah. the uh, <laughs> and we have that. What I do like is that just like it's just that couple of seconds, what five seconds, isn't it? When so suddenly she's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "They've ripped part of the ship, and one of them gets the the suction thing like stuck on its nose." Yeah. But it's just like it's so cool. It brings in that humor, that Phantom Menace humor just brings it but just a touch just so it's like it perfectly makes sense doesn't dwell on it and just moves on with with what the show is and i just love like i just love the little pieces like that that we get to see there was another piece as well which another line which um they mentioned about eating the sarlacc i i i I can't remember what point it was in the episode but they mentioned like oh and you know they ate the sarlacc and I, i just thought again that was a really funny little thing that it's <laughs> you know all we know of Sarlacc creatures is that they eat things you know things get put you know people get put into them to be eaten and then here we, we have it on the other foot where it's uh they're eating the Sarlacc so I thought that was again yeah one of those kind of very funny kind of moments that you know it, it's just turning around you know what we know of the Star Wars universe into like oh it goes both ways really um yeah, yeah. Again, injecting that fun but without looking too much into it it's just kind of sprinkling on top yeah very much so and of course you know we get into the fact that it's like an empty sarlacc pit yeah. that's what somebody said empty sarlacc yeah. so obviously that sarlacc maybe met its match maybe met its match but what i also like about the fact is you know going into the latter part of season one we kind of get you get a lot of co-starring roles that come along with the mandalorian uh, brilliant Carl Weathers and then the Cara Dune character and so forth but I love how this one starts kind of you're going back a bit in the sense of like it's just the Mando again and he's doing his thing I know he kind of says goodbye to them at the end of season one in terms of he's gonna fulfill this mission of returning uh, baby Yoda back to his people but I just like that I like that we get to see the Mando off kind of doing his own thing finding his own path and getting into like these either altercations or little adventures along the way. I I like that element, the way they set that up. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, in terms of the star Wars universe and what Disney have done, like I, I really feel that Mandalorian is like as a series in total, like it is a really perfect vehicle for exploring the wider universe. And, and the tone it's set, as we've said, like, you know, that it, it for me, it, it does more fan service than, you know, a lot of the movies in a way, because it, it it's able to bring in elements without dwelling on them too long. And also in, in various ways, you know, whether it's kind of dramatic or whether it's funny, that it's intriguing enough to that you don't feel that it's forced. And I think, you know, this is kind of, one of the benefits of making it as a series that it's able to self-contain, you know, various situations enough that, as I said, it doesn't dwell on them. It doesn't feel like it's kind of forcing these elements and it's able to provide enough new material that, you know, it can bring in these nostalgia things, but then bake it into like a whole new setting. And and that's what I'm really loving about the Mandalorian in that it, it it's kind of ticking lots of boxes for me as a fan. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it really is just um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting kind of Star Wars vehicle. I'm 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 interested to see where it will go 
um, you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I, I also have to say that, you know, I love Baby Yoda. You know, I, I think as a character, you know, it, it's one of these characters that could have been really overly uh, done to the point where it's almost bad and kind of too cutesy. But I, just, I, I think it's just a really funny character. He's just like a, a really interesting, intriguing sort of element to, first of all, adding it to the Mandalorian and the fact that he, he cares about it and, and, and fathers it. But also just that it's again like a nostalgia piece but it's not he's not overly used to the point where you know he has like ridiculous powers or anything he's actually just it, it has you know baby yoda is the right combination of being cute being nostalgic being having an, an, an intriguing mysterious power but then without you know just kind of having him shoved in your face the whole time you know he, he really is quite a fun addition to the series and 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 also, you know, to the Mandalorian character that, you know, he, he's, you know, we only see his face in the last episode of, of season one. Um, so he's always stern and serious. But then you have this just complete, you know, kind of, it's almost like a buddy cop film, but you know, with just a very surreal partner, you know, in, in Baby Yoda, who doesn't talk, but, you know, expresses so much of his face. So that's just, you know, an element which I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the series explores their relationship and and also what other mysteries are uncovered from baby yoda as a character you know what his origin is and and where he's going to go and and what what else we'll learn in in terms of his race and 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 the force and and how it's presented in this new you know star wars vehicle yeah yeah they they perfectly know it's like when to use him and how long to use him for because Obviously, the the probably the thing is is people want to use him all the time, but yeah. at the same time, you kind of want to reserve it so it makes sense, so you don't overuse the fact that baby Yoda's there or the child's there. Um, you want to make it count when you do use him, yeah. and I think they play the whole. It, it's funny because even though we know he obviously can wield the Force and we know how powerful he is to a certain extent. We still just love the like really cute bits when the yeah. first the, when the dragon first comes through and it cuts back to the bar and he's like managed to hide in this little <laughs> pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. so perfect, you know. No one really touches on it. I always love how he just manages to get out of like his pouches and things, like no problem whatsoever. You see him walk into the bar. I think the first instant, and um, uh, Baby Yoda's like on the side of the bike in this on this made pouch. And a few seconds later, he's like peeking his head around the door. It's like, where are you going? Yeah happening in here and there's kind of no you know he he's not always okay i'll take him with it i'll protect him and he kind of thinks he can protect himself to a certain extent yeah I protect, there's no kind of, i'll just leave him on the bike he's he'll be absolutely fine um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i mean the world uh i've i've got now the child pop funko pop of him sits on oh, nice. sits on my uh on my desk which is a uh, it just looks too cool. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that a lot of kids are going to be getting Baby Yoda dolls this Christmas, and I really want one too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I want one, guys, and that's going on my Christmas list, so people just better deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you are going to be seeing pictures of that that doll with my cat in the upcoming months on my Instagram. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I just 
I, I really love it as a, as a little character. And I, I'm not ashamed to say that I think he's so unbelievably cute as well. I mean, both my girlfriend and I throughout season one were just fawning over him the whole time. I mean, he's just such a, <laughs> a funny little delight. And yeah, and I, and I just, yeah, I, I really in, I appreciate the way they use him, that he's not this nonsensical character who's just, you know, wheeled out whenever there's a lull in, in, he just really adds to the kind of pace and the, and the fun element of it. And it, it's able for Disney to appeal to kids, but without it being too sickly or silly, you know, a la Jar Jar or, you know, it, it's, it's just a fun element. And I think it, it balances well, the kind of, because overall the tone of the Mandalorian is quite serious. You know, I mean, there are such, serious elements you know within his own backstory of you know of of being saved by a mandalorian and and you know his whole family being killed and and then just the mandalorians in general and how serious and honorable they are and you know having injecting something like baby yoda is 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 a, a bit of you know needed fun and it's done in a way which i think it appreciates the kind of the seriousness really of it yeah, yeah. I mean, they they get the balance perfectly right. They took all the different elements of what makes Star Wars Star Wars and the storytelling and how the way a Star Wars story is usually set out, mm-hmm. all, because it is a family adventure. It always kind of will be to a certain extent, but it 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 blends it perfectly. Yeah, the seriousness when it needs to be, the humor when it needs to be. You know the kind-heartedness when it needs to be, the adventure ruthlessness when it needs to be. Yeah. So it's all very well put together. But one thing we obviously get now from this episode, and we see it first, obviously, it's Boba Fett's armor. Boba Fett. Boba Woo! Fett. Boba freaking Fett. So we get Boba Fett's armor. This is how obviously we're introduced to it. So of course, you know. In your mind, you're going, is he alive? Is he dead? That's not yeah. obviously Boba Fett until obviously <laughs> Timothy. I, for you know, I knew Timothy's voice from the moment he started talking because he's got a very distinguishable voice for an actor. He's kind of one of those yeah. actors that you hear and you're like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Um, and we, uh, I'd seen some, you know, rumors as there is rumors for everything Star Wars that he was going to be in it anyway. So, um, but then, of course, we get, I love, we get the story. they all these little elements. Yeah. Empty Sarlacc pit. We get the story of how we got the armor. Then we get to see how we got the armor. And then we see how it's displayed, you know, inside the Jawa's um, uh, crawler. Absolutely. Crawler. And exactly. And like having to, having that fan service in there, again, like not dwelling on it too much, but then injecting it enough that, you just have that nostalgia warmth inside. I mean, I, I think it was used very well in this episode. You know, but then of course we get Boba Fett at the end. Uh, he, okay. In all his, you know, in all his. I mean, I, I reckon anybody watching The Mandalorian is kind of going to know that that is that's Tamura. Uh, Tamura, I think, is how you pronounce his first name. If it isn't, I apologise, Mr. Morrison. But <laughs> Tamura Morrison is the actor. Is the actor who played Django Fett in the prequels. Uh, 
and of course is the one that they clone to make Boba and Boba's obviously a young kid at that particular time so you put two and two together we know Jango Fett meets his demise but I think makes window by getting his head chopped off so it's definitely not him um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean it's got it's Boba Fett isn't it I mean, it, yeah, it, you know, it's it's funny you say that because when I was watching it, I kind of, I, I actually forgot about that last character. And I remember at the time being like, it, well, it's interesting because, you know, the character of Boba Fett and, you know, in, in, in the Star Wars universe, he survives from the Sarlacc pit. But that's what I found kind of interesting about the whole episode in that I, <laughs> I actually didn't think it was Boba Fett at the end. But now that you say it, of course it is. It must be. But, you know, I, I actually assumed that this series was almost going on the tangent that he was dead because, you know, how could he be apart from his armor, you know? Uh, but, like, obviously thinking about it now, it's like, it's got to be him. So, you know, you know it's just, I, I've just, you've kind of revealed that to myself, you know, like right now. And, <laughs> you know, it, it seems obvious now, but no, that's absolutely right, you know? And, yeah, and again, you know, because he's he's so intrinsically tied with Tatooine and his fate and everything that it, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a huge fan of Boba Fett and Jango Fett as characters anyway. And, yeah, and and that was one of the nice things about season one is that you, you don't really get any of those references at all to Jango, Bet, or Jango Fett or Boba Fett in that, you know, they're, they're not kind of forced into episodes or storylines and then, you know, like, you know, having that fan service shoved down your throat. But then, like, here we are, like, you know, starting season two and it's just, touching upon it because of of the nature of, of how they're you know writing in elements such as the the, the dragon and, and the silac pits and stuff and uh yeah you know it's funny that yeah uh, thinking about that i was gonna actually ask you whether you know you thought it was um you know what was boba fett's fate but yeah obviously it's, i mean it's gotta be him <laughs> i mean it's got i mean technically i guess could still just be a clone that isn't him that's possible but I feel very much we're going to get Boba, uh, which is going to be great because uh, Tamura Morrison is just an effort- effortlessly cool guy anyway. Yeah. And he was cool as Django. So I think he will bring nothing but positives to the new kind of the extra live action story of Boba that we're now going to get after the very brief live action Boba we get in the original trilogy so it's I feel it's only something massively to look forward to and another thing I'll touch on I remember I feel they executed the flying scenes with Mando and um forgotten his character's name again the Marshall's character who, uh Cobb Vance Vance Cobb, Cobb Vance. Vance yeah I feel they executed those uh flying scenes when they were attacking the dragon pretty well because yeah. you could go they can look 50-50 if not done too well, can't yeah. they? And yeah, I definitely. would think they can look very much uh, Thunderbirds on strings if you're not done right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's, again, I think, you know, as, as I've kind of said earlier, I mean, with Mandalorian, they, they really, it feels so balanced, those elements, that it, even when they're using kind of massive C, bits of CGI, it doesn't feel, it, it doesn't, it looks very realistic and it looks very well done. And again, because I think they're using it sparingly, you know, it's, you've got the whole kind of Tuscan Raiders and stuff. And, and I mean, you've got these real elements that they're clearly creating 
for the sets and the props and and you know like the village and things like that and so when having that sort of massive cgi worm it because it, it's rendered so nicely against the background and because not all the elements are cgi it i thought it worked really well and again yeah i mean you know as we were saying i mean that whole kind of action scene just it flowed so nicely and then yeah, i mean adding the, the i mean well just having the, the kind of both of them using the jetpacks and i mean again it, it felt almost like a sort of django boba fett like sort of team up thing um which you know as as a big fan of them anyway it was it was a fun sort of fun i mean it, the whole episode was just a great way to kind of kick off all those all those elements that you love and that you're looking for really and yeah absolutely i, I completely agree i mean you know it, it definitely didn't look a la thunderbirds it looked much more you know mandalorian which is uh which is exactly what we're looking for isn't it yeah uh, but the only thing that i had to slightly laugh at um is obviously the marshal has boba's armor so he has boba's rocket and you know and the visor comes down and he locks you know and then he shoots it but <laughs> i can't not but laugh and smile at the fact that he has to bend over to shoot the rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny i was trying to remember whether like he he had to bend over before because I, I think i remember him firing it and it homing in but it's um yeah it's funny in that scene I, again like i'm like the... guys just maybe do it that he locks on and he just has to stand there <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's already a homing rocket isn't it so he doesn't have to bend down and point at it but that's what i was wondering you know it's like but I think that's kind of, you know, the the fun part of like having Timothy Olympian in there in that, you know, his character's always gonna be a bit, you know, tongue in cheek and fun. So <laughs> even if it was homing, he'd probably just bend over for the sake of it, you know. <laughs> just to make a point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like I think it was absolutely spot on episode uh, chapter nine, should I say. And can't can't wait for chapter ten. Yeah, I mean as I said, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and well, I mean, what they're going to do with all the characters and, and also, again, you know, we've already kicked off with, like, a really great adventure episode for the first one, so, you know, it's, look, you know, it's going to be great looking forward to seeing what adventures the rest of the season offers. Yeah, and, like, guys, if you're listening, tune in. We're going to try and do this every Friday if our schedules allow it, so we're going to be try and put out episodes as quick as possible related to when the chapters come up on Disney+. Plus. So tune in every week and join us for the chat. Hi guys, I just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. And may the Force be with you. Thank <laughs> you.